from the sports of the secondcity.com studios, it's the Second Winded Podcast. Now, here's your host, Brad Robinson. Welcome into the Second Winded Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Robinson. The big news of the week, the Bulls fire Tom Thibodeau. We're going to have Herb Lawrence join the show later on. He's a longtime producer, host, and anchor at 670 The Score. He's got a lot of thoughts on the Bulls coaching fire, a potential new hire, and the state of the team moving forward. But first, I wanted to address the Bears signing and now releasing of Ray McDonald. Now, I've talked about this at great lengths on this podcast and written about it quite a bit on the SportsOfTheSecondCity.com website. To me, this signing was the Bears selling their soul for a defensive end that fit their scheme. The long history of legal problems, rape allegations, domestic abuse allegations, and the Bears said, I don't care about that. We want him anyway. Now, when explaining the signing, Bears president George McCaskey told you all sorts of things about the Bears vetting McDonald, the Bears doing their due diligence before signing McDonald, the Bears talking to family members and friends and coaches and teammates and anybody who would listen except for the people who have accused McDonald of doing wrong. Now, McDonald's been arrested not once, but twice since the Bears signed him. One for allegedly attacking his fiancée while she was holding their child. Arrested for domestic abuse and endangering the life of a child. The Bears released him after that arrest. Since he's been released, arrested a second time for breaking a restraining order. Now, there's clearly something wrong with McDonald. Mentally, he's not right. I don't know if there's chemical imbalance in there. I don't know if it's some kind of bipolar disorder. I don't know what it is. But there is something that makes this man behave in a way that is not fit for our society. Now, the Bears didn't have a problem with all that stuff before when they signed him. But now, all of a sudden, he did it while under contract. Well, that's a problem. Goodbye. But my bigger issue here is the whole due diligence issue. When asked why McCaskey didn't speak to any of the accusers, he said that victims of domestic violence tend to be biased. When addressing the media after the release of McDonald, he doubled down on that statement. Uh, I've thought about that a lot, too, um, not just before signing him, uh, but since. One of my concerns was the bias that anybody has in that situation. Um, an alleged victim wants to make sure that charges are filed. An alleged perpetrator is doing everything he can to make sure that charges aren't filed. So he doesn't talk to any of the alleged victims or the alleged victim's friends or the alleged victim's families because there's a bias. But the bias from the perpetrator, that's fine. I'll talk to him. I'll talk to McDonald and see what he has to say. I'll talk to McDonald's parents and see what they have to say, as if they're going to give McCaskey any negative perception 
about where McDonald is mentally before he signs a contract. That's not due diligence. That's talking specifically to the people who are going to tell you what you want to hear. You think Vic Fangio isn't biased in this situation? He's the one who is the defensive coordinator while McDonald played in San Francisco. He played under Fangio. Now Fangio is the defensive coordinator of the Bears, and what does he do? He brings McDonald with him. You think Vic Fangio isn't biased because he wants McDonald as his defensive end? You think McDonald's parents aren't biased because they want their son to have a job? And of course, he says McDonald is biased because the perpetrator has a bias in not wanting to be charged. But that's a bias that's okay to check in with. Not the victims, not the people who have allegedly been hurt by this sociopath, not the woman who allegedly was raped at his home, not the mother of his child who has allegedly repeatedly been beaten by this man while holding their baby. Now, I've said it before. Under no circumstance should the Bears have signed this man. Under no circumstance. But that said, even if he is a Hall of Fame type player that pushes them over the edge as a Super Bowl competitor, it's still makes no sense and sends the wrong message to other players in the league, the people within the organization, and fans who engage in domestic abuse or women who suffer at the hands of domestic abuse. The Bears look ugly in this situation. And they should. Relationships are difficult. And when you have different personalities and, and things like that, um, but there has to be a situation where you can have open dialogue, where you can, where there are no barriers, the walls are taken down. You can, again, it's all about what's in the best interest of the organization. So you should be able to ask any question you want to ask. You should be able to, to push the envelope in terms of anything in order to have some success. Um, and that, that's what relationships should be about. That is Bulls president John Paxson addressing the media after the firing of head coach Tom Thibodeau. Let's bring in our guest for this week. He's a longtime producer, host, and anchor for 670 The Score, though he's not with them any longer. He's moving on to, shall we say, more consistent weather pastures. Uh, he's Herb Lawrence. You can find him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. Herb, thanks for the time today. Thanks for having me, Brad. So we've known for some time that the end of the Bulls-Tom Thibodeau era was coming, and at this point, I think most everybody that has followed the story understands the reason why Thibodeau was let go, but was this the, the right decision? I think his time with the Bulls had come and gone, yes. I, and ultimately, he's one of the best coaches in the league, but it's a, you know, results-based business. Even though he didn't have his best player for the majority of the time that he coached, still, they want results, and he only won four playoff series during his five years here as the Bulls head coach. So they can say, they can rest on that saying, hey, you know what, he didn't turn this team into the championship contender that we thought they were. For me, as a observer, I think that he's one of the best, and not having Derrick Rose 
for most of the time he was here is a big time factor. He got the most out of people who are also Rams. John Lucas the third, Nate Robinson, CJ Watson, you know, the list goes on, DJ Augustin. And so I think he deserved better, but when they dismissed him today, I was like, okay, finally, he'll be released. He'll be a great coach somewhere else. But this relationship was uh, doomed from, I think, last year. During the press conference, uh, Paxson and Foreman said that they wouldn't be doing this if the Bulls had won a championship. But this really seems to me like more of a clashing of personality firing than an actual playoff results firing. Yeah, and and I think that too. I I think any guy with Thibodeau's uh, record and like I said about the Derrick Rose thing, he would have been retained if they were seeing eye to eye, if they didn't think that he was getting undermined or they were getting undermined by Thibodeau or firing his big time, long time assistant Rod Adams last year. I think they think that Tom Thibodeau's not working, pulling the rope in the same direction that they were. And so it was better to release him, pay him the $9 million, which he won't get because he'll be snapped up, if not this season, by next season. He'll definitely be coaching somewhere else, and that money will be offset. So I think that they're mostly into it for the – they couldn't say, hey, this is the playoffs, and he didn't succeed. But in the press release where Jerry Reinsdorf pretty much said that Thibodeau was – you know, not listening to his bosses and not on the same page with his bosses, they pretty much laid out the reason why they fired him instead of the reason which I would have gave is non-player success. You know, I'm glad you brought up that uh, that press release from Reinsdorf because other than Dan Gilbert when LeBron left from Miami, I can't really remember uh, another press release put out by a team announcing the firing of a coach or a player that was really so scathing in its criticism of that coach. And to me, uh, the Bulls have a rep- have had a reputation for years as being an organization that's difficult to work for and difficult to work with. And I can't imagine this is going to help that perception around the league. Yeah, I mean, think about all the times you've seen free agents or the whispers of D. Wade and other people saying, you know, I don't want to go there. They treated Jordan and Pippen bad. Or look, I would end it with Jerry Krause and Phil Jackson. It uh, didn't end well with Vinny Del Negro, even though he was not a great coach. You have your general manager pulling his tie and getting in an altercation with him. And Tom Thibodeau, while a hard line guy and a guy who is a little tougher and rougher on the exterior, still, you get into arguments with this guy, too. You can't get along with him. I don't know what they're expecting to get. I don't know if they think they're going to get there with the roster currently constructed. We already know that free agents, big-time free agents, are not coming here. So what is John Paxson and Gar Foreman going to do to get real people here with this perception that they're meddling and they can't get along with one of the best coaches in the NBA? If I was a guy who's coming in or thinking about the NBA, Fred Hoiberg or Alvin Gentry even, do I want to work for these people? Do I want to be at the top of my game and me also getting criticized by John Paxson, Gar Foreman, and also if I get fired, I get criticized by the owner of the team? No. And so I don't know what type of guy they have. I'm sure they went through back channels to make sure that they have the guy that they want, and I think that's Fred Hoiberg. And I think a press conference will be 
you know, pretty soon, this week or next week. Um, so they pretty much know that I don't think you fire a guy like Thibodeau unless you have a replacement ready to go. So good luck to that guy because this organization has a long, long-standing history of alienating people or having the perception of alienating people. Jordan's not involved in this on the Bulls anymore. Which, that's that's ridiculous to me. I know they treated him right, and they have Scottie Pippen as an ambassador, but for such a long time, he wasn't a guy here. He wasn't the guy, and there were, it seemed like there was like some type of rift between Scottie Pippen and the Bulls, and you can't have this perception going on with the Bulls how it is right now it's not getting better and guys like us who work in radio you know one of the first things I was taught when I started college for radio was that perception is reality so whether that perception is true or not the fact that it's out there and the fact that uh, other players and coaches have bought into it makes it a a real thing Mm -hmm. and I can't imagine that if you're a big-time free agent this offseason LaMarcus Aldridge Kevin Love. I don't know if they have money for these people anyways, but still, if you were like, I want to go to a place where I think I can compete, you look at the Bulls, like I, I, they have a good team. They can compete. But all the stuff I hear about the Bulls, and they just fired one of the best coaches in the league, uh, Olympian uh, and USA coach, they just fired him for no reason other than personality clashes. I can't, what are they going to do with me? What are they going to have with a person that's coming into this culture gonna make me feel welcome? I don't know about that. So I gotta, I gotta say, Bulls. Maybe not. I'm not. They're not on my list. I'm sure Lamarcus Aldridge remembers he was drafted by them and then traded away. And Kevin Love just came from a place which right now is in Cleveland where he's not feeling the love. So I don't see the Bulls getting these top top tier free agents that are gonna be needed because can't get past LeBron with the current team constructed. They're getting old. They're not as good as the team that is in Cleveland right now. So I don't know what they're thinking. And if there's a bad season next year or there's a season that's not as good as this season, it falls on them. I would have kept Tim Thibodeau uh, if I was them just as a shield for myself. If I'm Gar Paxson, and especially John Paxson or Gar Foreman, but especially John because he's hired what, this will be his fifth actual full-time coach that he'll hire in his tenure. He's fired much more than that. So how many more chances will he have after this to get this right? Tom Thibodeau with a nice shield for himself so he can say, hey, this is a coach I hired and I trust in him, and if anything goes wrong, it's him, the guy with the minutes restriction, the guy that can't get over the top in his five years of coaching. Well, and the really perplexing thing about the relationship breakdown between Paxson and Foreman and Thibodeau is that uh, Thibodeau's personality was well-known by the Bulls when they hired him. They knew about his personality quirks. Uh, they knew what they were getting, and the Bulls' front office has been able to, to work with any other coach they've hired, like you said. Is there a larger problem here in that they can't seem to hire the right fit for them? Yeah, I think they 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 interviewed Tom Thibodeau when they eventually hired Vinny Negro. Everybody knew that Tom Thibodeau is this hardline guy. He was in the league for 18 years as assistant. There's a reason why he wasn't getting jobs because he was this guy, stubborn, basketball oriented, run his guys into the ground, regular season type of guy. So I don't know why the personality clash. 
they need they think I think they want a malleable coach. That's why they're probably going down to the you know college ranks to Fred Hoiberg, a guy that Gar Foreman coached when he was at Iowa State, guy with Paxson was here with with the Bulls. I don't know if they played together, but I think Paxson was still a coach or something with Fred Hoiberg. So they want to have a guy that they can mold and shape into the NBA coach that they want, the guy that's going to listen to what their input is. But if you're a guy who's made it up to the NBA level as a coach, you have an ego yourself. You have a certain way you want to do things, and it might not jibe with what Pax or Gar wants it to do. And those two guys are hardline, especially John, and he's steadfast in what he wants to do, and that's what you got to do to be in John's good graces. So one of these days is going to come up to a point where he's not John Paxson is not getting the job done, which I don't. I think it's already way past that. But we know that Jerry Reinsdorf is loyal to a fault with his upper management people who work for him and both of his teams, and he will never fire these guys. These guys will have to retire or resign themselves, even with. Kenny Williams, he's just moved up. Gar Paxson, I mean, John Ford, Traxson just moved up to vice president. This is what he does, and these guys are have a job until, I don't know. I, I don't even think he, no, he didn't fire Jerry Krause, didn't fire Ron Truler. These people retired. These that's, that's, He's going to have a job for life, but it's way past the time where John Paxson it has proved and needs to prove himself because I haven't seen any results in the 12 years that he's been here as the general manager for the Bulls. Paxson and Foreman both said in the press conference uh, earlier today that they think their roster can stand with Cleveland and Golden State and Houston, and overvaluing their players has kind of been a consistent weakness in the Paxson era, and to me this just kind of exemplifies that. Yeah, and th- this is the problem we were, Shep and I, were, Nick Shepkowski and I were talking about they fall in love with their core and their guys that they've drafted, and they do the thing where people say you're supposed to get rid of a player a year too early rather than get rid of a player a year too late. They get rid of these guys years too late, way too late, because they fall in love with them. And Luol Deng, we saw this. We saw this with Ben Gordon. We saw this with Joaquin Noah, where he was at the top of his game last year. Now you saw a steep fall off because the knee injuries the foot problems are all catching up to this guy who gives it all he has. He's a warrior for the Bulls, but he's only one more year on the contract, and they're not going to resign that guy. They shouldn't resign that guy, but they're the Bulls. They have this pattern of keeping on guys that they signed that are part of their core that people can see are not the guys who are going to get them to the next level. Kirk Heinrich is another example. Wanting him back after they had got rid of him is the ugh, just irritating thing to me. I, I don't know what they see in this roster that says championship roster. I don't either, because when you look at NBA championships over the last 35 years, uh, you have Bird, Magic, Michael, Kobe, Duncan, and LeBron have won 25 of those 35 uh, mm-hmm. championships. The other 10 were teams with multiple Hall of Famers. You had the Dumars, Rodman, and Isaiah Pistons. You had the Olajuwon, Drexler, Rockets, even though Drexler was only there the second year. Uh, Garnett, Pierce, and Allen with the Celtics. That's five of those remaining 10 teams. The other ones are really just aberrations, and the Bulls have a lot of nice players. Butler mm-hmm. had an excellent season. Uh, Noah's a, a good defender who had a down year, but he can't score at all. Rose isn't what he was. Gasol's at the end of his career. I, I mean, 
when I look at this roster, I don't see a team that is really a legitimate championship contender. I mean, you look at these four teams that are in the finals, on the, at least in the, the conference finals for their respective squads. At least three of those teams have two guys on their roster that are U.S. Olympians. Let's say Dwight Howard and James Harden. Kyrie Irving, LeBron James. You go to Golden State, you got Curry and Thompson. Those guys are all either have been or going to be United States Olympians. I don't know about Atlanta, but they had Budenholzer, Budenholzer who was doing a great job this year and got him to the Eastern Conference Championship. That was an overachieving act. But the Bulls have none. Derrick Rose was going to be in the 2012 Olympics, didn't make it because of that injury. For here going out, he will not be an Olympian, I don't think. And Jimmy Butler, while great, excellent year, will not be an Olympian. That's the type of guys you have competing for uh, NBA championships. You need some top-level of-the-league players. Bulls have great players, good players, not great players. Paul Gasol played his tail off this year, still. Second-team NBA, fine. But I, would, I wouldn't take Paul Gasol going forward. Joaquin Noah going forward, these guys are have a shelf life. They have a limiting factor, a ceiling, while the other teams that I just mentioned have superstars and then people who are in complementary roles doing great jobs, like Matthew Dellavedova, J.R. Smith, uh, Leandro Bovosa. Those type of people Bulls do not have. They just have guys who might explode. There's You flip the coin with Derrick Rose every night. You flip the coin with Jimmy Butler, especially when he's guarding LeBron James, if he's going to have a great night. These are play, these are <laughs> these are problems that championship caliber teams don't have. Everybody knows every night LeBron James is going to have a good night, no matter what. If he has eight turnovers, or he has thirty points, or fifteen points, he's still going to have a great night, and he's going to represent his team in the most. Uh, he's going to be the most dominant player on the court. Same thing with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. So. Unless we're getting one of these players, unless Nico Miritich is going to turn into one of these players or Doug McDermott is going to turn into one of these players, which I don't believe they are, they're they're messed up because they're going to be drafted in the 20s every single year, every single year, and that guy is not going to be the caliber of player that the Bulls need to get over the top. And like we discussed earlier, they're not getting any great free agents, so we're kind of in basketball hell where we're great or good but not great. Herb, we've been hearing for quite a while uh, other teams being interested in Thibodeau whether it's uh, Orlando or New Orleans or Los Angeles or I think Cleveland will eventually get involved because I I think uh, LeBron doesn't want much more to do with David Blatt no matter what they do in the finals uh, does it surprise you that the Bulls just flat out fired him instead of trying to find a trade for him very surprising he's a hot commodity maybe they didn't hear what they wanted and they were holding out for a first round pick but it's early in the offseason. It's not even hit the offseason yet. So I don't know what the urgency was to fire this guy, which you're going to have to pay anyways. The New Orleans Pelicans, Orlando Magic, other teams are looking for coaches. And if they're, they're not getting calls, you reach out to them and say, you want this guy, run us a first-round pick. Okay, you not want to run us a first-round pick? How about a second-round pick, some type of compensation for this guy that is one of the top coaches in the league. But just to let him go, it seems so wasteful. It seems that you have a commodity signed up for multiple years, 
use that commodity to make yourself better. There's no there's no goodness that came out of today. Like the Bulls didn't improve today. That's that's what I'm baffled by. Like if you're gonna fire the guy, get something for him or make your team better. Bringing in Fred Hoiberg doesn't make your team better. It makes your team different, not better. It seems to me that there might be a little bit of uh, of kind of a, well, screw you, you're fired aspect to this instead of getting compensation. It's almost as if they fired him because they didn't like him and said, well, I don't care what's in the best interest of the franchise. We don't like you. Screw you. You're fired. Yeah, I could see that. And that's the type of petty thing I was kind of hearing about. Like they were going to do that after all these job positions were filled out. Luckily, they didn't do that because that would have been a really, really bad look for the Bulls if they would have just said, hey, you're fired after all the rest of the job uh, had filled up and given him no option to coach this year. At least they did it before these jobs filled up, so they save a little face there. But, yeah, it kind of is a screw you. Like, we don't need you, and we're not going to get compensation for you. We don't care. We don't want you here. And that's what we were hearing all throughout the season, that this thing was done no matter what, and that they'll, they're will they not going to be uh, coach and GM pairing anymore. And I was thinking to myself, if they make it to a certain level, there's going to be a hard time to say, you know what, I don't want Tom Thibodeau as my coach anymore. But, you know, they didn't hit that level. I thought if they hit the Eastern Conference Finals, it would have been really hard for them to say, eh, Sorry, Tom, get out of here. But, you know, today came and they uh, pretty much said, hey, we're going to move on without you, without the compensation, because we don't care about you. And please get off our team. (laughs) And I don't know why, I don't understand where they say their team got better or where they think that this team was a championship contender. Because even without Kevin Love, that team in Cleveland was much better than the Bulls team. And we, it, we, we saw it manifest itself, uh, uh, halfway healthy Kyrie Irving and just LeBron doing work, beat the Bulls down in that game six. That's right. And what the Bulls were missing in, in uh, Pau Gasol, it paled in comparison to what Cleveland was missing during that series. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a coach. I mean, they have a coach, LeBron. Yeah, LeBron, Exactly. <laughs> All right, he's uh, Herb Lawrence, longtime producer, host, and anchor at 670 The Score. You can find him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. Herb, awesome stuff on the Bulls. Thanks so much for your time. We'll, uh, We'll catch up down the road. Definitely. Thank you very much, Brad. And that'll do it for this week's episode of the Second Winded Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Robinson. Special thanks to Herb Lawrence, longtime producer, anchor, and host at 670 The Score. He had some great thoughts on the Bulls firing of Tom Thibodeau. We'll be back next week with a whole new episode. Until then, check out sportsofthesecondcity.com for regular writings on Chicago's pro sports teams. Thanks for listening. So long.